I think smaller companies a couple of years ago when they wanted to go to the cloud, they didn't have a lot of knowledge yet. They actually said, here, here's a credit card, start using it, see what you can get out of it. Now, that is a recipe for disaster because yeah, you know, a lot of stuff you spend up, you have no ownership over it anymore, nobody is responsible for something, and you end up with a used cloud bill. Well, hi everyone. Uh, we are back with uh, another episode of our uh, Azure On Air uh, podcast. Uh, my name is Lex, and uh, again, I will be your host for, for the today's session. Uh, during today's episode, we are going to have a look about uh, cost optimization and also developer cost awareness. And uh, yeah, uh, we have invited a specialist in that uh, area. Uh, that is uh, Michiel van, uh, van Uitheusten. He's an, um, an Azure cost optimization specialist uh, and he works for a company called uh, Expert. And uh, yeah, so I want to welcome uh, Michiel to the, to the session. Uh, thank you, Lex. Thank you. So there you are. Welcome. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Can you introduce yourself maybe a little bit before we move on to the main topic? Yeah, sure. My name is Michiel, Michiel van Autos. I work for Xebax, Xperit, uh, this is the Microsoft uh, solution side. For the last seven years, doing a lot of uh, consultancy work with, with big organizations, uh, moving to the clouds, helping optimize the processes, uh, managing their um, the workflow, application lifecycle management, uh, but also helping with tools like Azure DevOps, GitHub, um, see how they can land on Azure. So all kinds of things that go from the development side to the management side. Yeah, making sure they use the cloud in the most efficient way. That's what I'm doing for the last seven years. Yeah, 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 totally makes sense, totally makes sense, yeah. And how did it happen that you got interested in cost optimization? Yeah, I think that started, almost a year, a year and a half ago, where more and more companies are actually saying, well, we are now in the cloud, which is great. Uh, and we did sometimes an, a little bit of a lifted shift there. So we took what, what we have, we just brought it to the cloud, just to basically make the data center obsolete because it was spinning up uh, um, a lot of, of energy and a lot of costs. So we want to get rid of it. Um, and now we're in the cloud, which is nice. But somehow it costs money, and it is not that strange because yeah, cloud is expensive. You should not go to the cloud because it's cheap. Hey, you go for other reasons to the cloud. Um, but they're basically finding out: Are we doing a good job by going to the cloud? Is it still a viable business solution? Do we still want that? And are we? And that's mostly the question we're getting: Are we running cost-effective in the cloud? And I think that's a question which is pretty hard. So. Uh, so also something we need to find out how we can answer those kind of questions. And you can have a look at what you spent in the cloud. But the question, are you cost effective, is another kind of question. It's another one. But I don't know if you spent a million in the cloud, but you earned two million on it. Yeah, that might be very cost effective. But if you are spending a lot of money and you're basically losing money on your product, that's not that cost effective. No. So yeah. it is. It, there's a lot of, of, of metrics involved to actually get a feeling, are you running cost effectively? Yeah. And there are a couple of elements there that we found out that, that can help organizations yeah, be, be more cost effective. So with all, with all the customers we got there, the answer is almost always no, you're not running cost effective. There's <laughs> always something to do. And sometimes it's very small, sometimes very big, sometimes something they are already aware of that they need to fix. Yeah. So that's how we started and actually uh, helping more and more customers now answering those kind of questions. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it totally makes sense, right? Uh, of course, the shift moving to the cloud, this is a very natural thing indeed uh, nowadays. And, and just like I said, you don't do it for yeah, it, it being cheap. Uh, but yeah, that, that cost awareness just need to be created. Uh, and yeah. uh, you know, organizations, it's 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 also a process that needs to get, get started, right? In those for getting that, uh, that, that cost awareness indeed and just well yeah this this very topic of the webinar that is also really where it starts right with uh, also yeah, making so your developers yeah uh, yeah uh, make them more cost aware and and they take it yeah through the entire chain then i think we can see with with i think smaller companies a couple of years ago when they wanted to go to the cloud just yeah. have a lot of knowledge yet they actually said here here's a credit card start using it see what you can get out of it now, that is a recipe for disaster because yeah, a lot of stuff we spinned up. You have no ownership over it anymore. Nobody is responsible for something. And you end up with a used cloud bill. Larger organizations do it the other way around. Eh? They don't want credit cards. They want invoices. They want control. And then you have a very complex bureaucratic process. And on the other hand, that does not allow you to go fast, True. which is good for your... Uh, for control, but not good for innovation and for acceleration and going faster to your customers. So there is some, you need to be somewhere in between. So I'm not saying you need to get subscriptions everywhere and, and credit cards for everybody, because that won't help you. But you want to have the flexibility with the developer to do things in the cloud in the most efficient way, because there's the knowledge. On the other hand, you want control over that. So you have not overspending and the correct spending of stuff in the cloud. Yeah, so yeah. It's, a, it's a very fine balance there. So that's why I think yeah, the developers need to be really hooked on to actually help out in that whole picture of getting and an financial management of the cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's also what you, what you often see, right, that, uh, well, especially in live environments, uh, that you'll see that, uh, well, at the end of the month, uh, there will be a bill and that needs to be paid uh, yeah, by a financial controller, uh, yeah. but that person doesn't have any clue about, yeah, if that is really, yeah, cost-effective use of all the cloud resources. Uh, so th those financial people don't have the, have the insights, and all the other sides, the, the, the technical people and the operational people, uh, they are well aware about all the, the technologies that are being used, but they don't have yeah. all the details, they don't have access to all the financial details. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a big gap there. Yeah, we see a lot indeed that that uh, financial departments get the cloud bill. They have no clue what they're actually paying. So they look into the organization who is sponsor of that, that bill, yeah, who is actually responsible. Mostly that's a higher level management uh, person somewhere that's the head of IT or the, or the CTO that has that yeah, control over the spend. He gets that bill. If it fits in his budget, there's no problem. But still, then you're spending a lot of money, which is uncontrolled. And if it's not within this budget, yeah, what we see as happening, emails, emails being sent to the whole organization. This is spent. We need to get it down. And every <laughs> month again, you get again the same email. We need to do something with this spent because it's high. And that is not helpful because people no. don't know what to do with it. They don't no. know if they can turn off something. And they might, you know, the first couple of weeks, they might do something. And might act on something think, hey, I still have that machine running somewhere, but that is not a process. That is that's very loose. That is very yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think there is a very good role for the financial department, just as well as there's a very good role for the developers. And I think if you look at the financial part, they have a yeah, and I'm relating it back to the whole FinOps model. 
that's that's a centralized part yeah. where they need to be aware that the cloud uh, billing structure is yeah it's pretty complicated there's a lot of things you can do with with the rate hey, the cloud bill hey, is actually built up of of usage times the rate yeah. so what you use times a certain rate that makes you cloud bill that's what you yeah. spend and there is something that they can do that's the rate they can play with the rate that is either by setting up saving plans reserved instances they can have discounts with microsoft uh, enterprise agreements there's all kinds of things you can do and if you, if you look at larger organizations they don't pay the normal pay-as-you-go pricing Certainly not. They have big agreements with Microsoft or with any other cloud platform to actually have use discounts. If you have a small organization, you have a lot of other ways to get the same kind of discounts. Yeah, hybrid benefits, the, the dev test environments. But if you're not using those, yeah, you're missing out. So that's the rate part they can play with. The other one, the usage, yeah, that's a decentralized function. And that lies with the developers, that lies with the teams. They know what they are running into the cloud. They should know what the feature is that they're using. They don't really care about the rate. They have no control over the rate. That is very hard to maintain, very hard to control. But what they can do is play with usage. And if they change that usage, like a different kind of SKU, a different kind of option set, a different kind of Azure resource, they can bring that usage down. And in the end, lower the bill. But they need to be insensitive, sensitive. They need to know that that has impact. And I think, again, when you say a monthly bill, yeah, that doesn't help you. Then you see what you did a month ago. Even if you see the correct bill, if you see all the information, if it yeah. has the correct cost allocation. Yeah, with all the details about, yeah. With all the details, yeah. yeah. And actually your details, because if you send it to 200, 300 developers, they all think, well, I have no clue what this is. I know this is not my resources. So you need to make sure that you can do cost allocation. That you know this is for this specific team. And that is what I see with a lot of tooling and even in Azure that, that is very complicated to do. It's very hard to do the right yeah, tagging, subscriptions, etc. Yeah, you need to have that in place. Yeah. So if you have, you can do a real cost allocation. You can actually go to the teams and do a little bit of showback to actually say, this is what you're spending in the cloud. Yeah. And does that make sense? I think that does it make sense is a hard question because it goes boils down to uh, unit economics. Eh? So is this really per user or per product that you sell or per few that you get? Is it the right place or the right price? Or do you think, hey, this might be cheaper if I choose a different option? I think that is really a developer's perspective that they need to fix. And yeah, yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this, this is right, and that's also uh, just just like you said. I mean, if there's an Azure bill and uh, the 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 CFO just says, okay, uh, the team look at it and uh, solve it because it's too high. It's just like yeah. dropping it over the wall, over the wall without, yeah, and expectations. It's nothing clear, right? But need, um, yeah. Also, the CFO that one, once the bill comes in, you you want to charge back to different teams, right? Uh, so you want yeah. to have the overview yeah, per solution, per department, per uh, a branch office, that's that kind of stuff. That's and then those people will also yeah be more well yeah interested or at least feel more forced to have a bad look at it. And yeah. because it has Correct. already yeah their scope. 
if and it is, yeah, we talk about chargeback and showback. Yeah, I think showback is, is the first thing. Show what the cost True. is. And in the end, if you can do some chargeback, then it would be really nice if you if you're certainly in a large organization where you have different business lines, where you have different units, you can actually yeah, see not only that this is the amount of, of, of spend you have, but also actually get the bill because you are developing something, you are selling it to somebody else. So you need to pay for the resource that you're using. And, and yeah. sometimes it looks cheap because you're not paying anything, but yeah, you do have your cost, yeah. cost of the people that are working on the products, your, your marketing, all the other things, but also your hosting cost. So you should not yeah, forget about that. Yeah. And I think that's not only developer perspective, that's also the product owner, the business side, that's your whole yeah, value stream that needs to be aware. Hey, there is hosting cost. Yeah. How much is that? And is that still okay to have this amount of hosting cost? And, then, and as a business, if you want four, five, nines of availability, you need to pay for it. It's, it's not cheap. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's up to developers to say, if you want that, fine. But this is the outcome. This is the effect that you're going to get. This is the bill you're going to yeah, get in the end. Yeah. And it is for the business to make the decision. So it really helps also to make those decisions, not accept that you need that kind of, for example, uptime or features. Works, yeah, works. Money is, is, is a, a nice driver in those conversations. Always, always. <laughs> yeah, it, it really helps to set the tone of meetings. Okay, this is how, how it's going to cost you. And, and do you want to accept that charge? Yeah, yeah. And again, it's hard. Eh? Charge back a show back, certainly when you have shared resources. Eh? We've seen a lot of organizations. There is, I think, looking at Azure, you have, for example, um, a jump station. You have certain network, you have certain firewalls that you might share. Eh? You, have, you have hybrid connectivity, you have an, most likely an, an API management instance, yeah. which is an expensive one. So you probably also only have one, maybe you have one per business unit, but at least you shouldn't have one per team. So these are the things that are shared. How, how do you manage those costs? Yeah, how do you handle shared costs? It's yeah. Pretty complicated thing. Yeah, and we yeah. had an organization where they started to use all kinds of, of shared offerings to all the development teams. And in the end, it looked like it was very cheap for, an or, for a team to do software development, which makes sense because, yeah, they were offloading all those things like hosting, logging, uh, uh, monitoring, were hosting it all to the shared services. Mm -hmm. And they never got a bill. Otherwise, they kept <laughs> the, the subscription bill. But here it was all going to to a very uh, large and still going larger and larger subscription bill of the shared team. So they get, yeah, in the end, the penalty in that sense. Yeah, 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 so yeah. there you really need to have that, that charge back and that show back. So yeah, to the yeah, other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, indeed, yeah, indeed, yeah. Again, yeah, this 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 cost awareness needs just to start there. And uh, yeah. well, still, ideally, of, of course, you you start uh, with your developers. Uh, but it has to be the management who enforces that such a process about cost awareness yeah. must be there, right? Uh, yeah. You... So enforcing, but also also driving it. Eh? it, it it's it's about so, the whole organization needs to go to some sort of FinOps model, and there are all kinds of level, all kinds of maturity levels in there. Uh, but in the end, you need to be aware that, that that the whole cloud behaves different than your on-premise on-premise data center. So you need to make different choices. Eh? You need to be more on top of it. You need to be, uh, it, it needs to drive your business. Eh? You should have control over it. And one way is doing FinOps. 
know to help you in in having that yeah that alignment within your organization that collaboration between the different teams yeah and again you need to have, have your finest team in films you have your technical people in films mm-hmm. but also yeah help your developers get that process in place yeah and i yeah. think there yeah we, we see more and more that that's what we in the last couple of years see with devops yeah, that that we see practices that developers are responsible for something that that runs in production we see that we also need to do that with finops yeah and what you see with devops is a very shift left approach where we think we need to move more and more things to the developers and yeah, the earlier you do it in the pipelines the earlier you have control over it the less impact it has on production so if you already fix things in your development pipeline instead of doing it in production probably your cost is also lower so i think that's also something you see with finops nowadays happening yeah and that's not about rate optimization and leave that centralized because it is going over longer terms that is one three year terms that you need to handle but all the other things like user optimization yeah that is short cyclist you need to quickly react on it yeah so you need to have insights see what you're going to do and if it's you already see that on production yeah you're actually already spending it right. uh, it is they say often it is you pay for what you use but it is to pay for what you provision True. yeah 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 so if you already provision virtual machines yeah they're running if you already running, provision yeah, sql database if, if you yeah if you're not spending anything on it you already spend yeah. money on it yeah, yeah. so yeah. the earlier you're aware that, that something you're going to roll out has a cost impact the better you are prepared of not doing it. I think that's the whole shift left. Yeah, uh, I think that we also see nowadays happening with films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, um, is there is there any kind of tooling yeah, that, that can support that process? So also just to prevent those end of the month uh, surprises uh, that those uh, Azure bills uh, are much higher than estimated. What, yeah, what? So, indeed. So I, I think there are a couple of tools which are uh, which, which you normally handle within the whole FinOps domain. Yeah? So there's normally a centralized place where you manage those kinds of tools, um, which makes sure that, that you extract all your, your cloud data, your cloud bill data, combine it with all kinds of, of analytical data like, like usage, and present that to your end users. That kind of tooling will certainly help. I, I think Serverless 360 is, is a great example of that. You have all your information in one centralized plane, and you see per business unit, per team, eh, you need to have some sort of, of categorization there, what yeah. you are spending. And yeah. not only what you're spending now, but also what you're going to spend. Yeah, you need to have a little bit of forecasting. Yeah, and that forecasting is very hard, because you don't. it's not simple to look at the day before. Because you might have uh, spikes at the end of the month because you need to process a lot of data. Uh, you might have a, a Black Friday coming up or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty abnormal patterns, but there are patterns. You, you need to yeah. accommodate for them. Yeah. And with all that information, you can, as a team, make decisions. Hey, my, my spend is going up more and more and more. Yeah. So you yeah. need something to analyze the data and, and have an overview of that. Yeah. So okay. that is something that, yeah, again, you already spent it. So that is yeah, a drawback. So you also yeah. need something that's before that process. And I think there are tools like uh, well, the most obvious one is the Azure Price Calculator, which is an, a very exhaustive tool. There's a lot of options there, but it's very useful because you can play really with all the options. If you have a storage account, yeah, if you have a default storage account, it, it, it 
it's an, an hot tier. Yeah. Uh, it's LRS hot, it's, it's expensive. And I think what you now can do with the Azure Pricing Calculator is actually play with it and see if I select another option, what will happen with my cost? And I think we, we have an example one that if you put a terabyte of, of a, sorry, a petabyte of data in there, let's take a huge number, okay. you spend around 20K a month by default. In but if you storage. play with the options, yeah, you can bring it down to a thousand. So that's, that's really a large optimization. Of course, you will lose features. Eh? Don't forget, rates, you won't lose features. But if you make changes to your usage, you will lose features like uh, availability. You might have different access times. Uh, you might have less features. So that's the drawback. But if you can live with that, yeah, then it might be fine. Yeah, exactly. so yeah. And I so think that's also the decision you need to make. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And here, also very important to notice, development non versus production or actually production versus non-production right. and what we know there will a lot of, of development teams they build a pipeline which we really like and hey, we want pipelines we want infrastructure's code we want repetitive repetitive uh, elements in there but on the other hand we see they roll out exactly the same things to all the environments exactly. the same feature sets yeah. so you get replication going over multiple data centers which is nice but you don't need that for development no, you might no. need it for production, production only. So those kind of things help you to make decisions that are different on on production environments. Yeah. So use that pricing calculator to get some sort of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's one way, and the other way we're seeing more and more is tools like InfraCost. And so you normally have your uh, infrastructure described in the form of uh, let's, let's take Terraform. Uh, you might, might be aware of it that you can completely describe your whole landscape, but it also includes all the features you want to have there. So what if you can already, before you actually roll it out, analyze what the cost impact will be? And you know you're going to roll out a VM, you know you're going to roll out a database, you have a firewall, whatever. Yeah. So you can already look up the price information and see that it is costing you this amount of money before you actually roll it out. Yeah, I think those tools true. really help, and I think they tools like InfraCorp are more they they and nicely integrated in your in your development workflow. They raise a pull request or you do a pull request, and they add a report to it to say, hey, well, are you aware that adding this VM and you up it to an whatever and B five or D something, your cost goes up triple or five times? Are you aware of that? And I think most people are not aware. They just think, I want more features, I want more speed. Yeah, I will just bump up the number there. Yeah, and that's fine if you need to do it. But if you're not sure, yeah, you'll see a huge increase in your cost. Yeah, yeah, I think that it shouldn't block you, but it should help you. you get yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, luckily, uh, yeah, also with the Azure portal, there are all kinds of uh, advisors that you can take, right? I mean, of course, the Azure yeah. advisor is itself, but you also have uh, what is it, uh, the right size, it's sizing, for example, that yeah. also gives metrics about uh, maybe you have an ETL scaled out your machine, uh, scaled out or scaled up your machines, yeah, too much yeah. more than really required. So then you can, yeah, bring it down again. Uh, and reverse that. Those are really so, helpful or, or turn off certain things if you don't need it in the night. Eh? You might want to scale down the, the, the skew at night or you want to stop it maybe at night. Yeah. But again, those are things that are already running on production. 
yeah. what we need to do is, is be aware before it actually reaches production. The only environment I, I don't believe in all the whole OTAP or, or like, like DTAP, developer test acceptance production, mm. you're not going to use the other environments. They are not re representative enough of production. True. Production True. is where is the real value. That is where you have all the load, yeah. all the users. So yeah. that is why you need yeah. to be aware of what you're going to push there. Yeah. So all the other tools are great, but they're all reactive. And you want to be proactive. Proactive. Yeah, 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 yeah. true. And true. that requires knowledge from the developers. So it is training, it, it is workshops, it's all kinds of things to help them be more up to speed about what you're going to use in the cloud, <coughs> how to make it more efficient. On the other end, it is also tooling around it to make sure that you, that you are helped with that whole process. And actually know that when you roll out something that you have the tools backing you up and helping you say, hey, I actually really want to use those machines here. Yeah. Are they that useful? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in, indeed. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what I what I said, right? I mean, yeah, you already introduced it uh, yourself as well. Uh, uh, well, from our stack, we have uh, a Surface 360 that also has a, a cost optimization, cost analyzer module, and there as well. That that can help in uh, in the showback uh, to start with. So yeah. you can bundle all your resources from a solution uh, from multiple different uh, tenant subscription resource groups and so on. Uh, so at least you make. Uh, the cost for a specific solution or branch offers or whatever, uh, yeah, you make it more visible. Uh, and then you have uh, the monitoring capability. So on a daily basis, you can see if there are any spikes, uh, yeah, actually up or down, right? I mean, uh, if costs all of a sudden are going way down, maybe something else is going wrong. Yeah, it's also so, an indicator if you see things that you expect to have a constant and it drops. Yeah, hey, that's also strange. Why is it not being used anymore? Is something broken? Is something not working? Exactly. If you see a lot of logging going up, that's also a very nice indicator that maybe your application is maybe you're somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a huge impact on your logging. Yeah. So yeah. you need you need tools to actually aggregate that information. I think Azure is is doing a good job in a lot of things, but that whole yeah, taxonomy of, of your organization is something they leave to you. Uh, yes, you have management groups, you have subscriptions, you have resource groups. There is tagging. <clears throat> Although tagging is also a little bit fake, it, it, it's you can yeah. enforce it with policies, but yeah, yeah it has case sensitivity and values. It, it, it's it's yeah. Yeah, yeah areas yeah. of improvement, yeah. but you want to have that aggregate. You want to have those overviews. You want to play with it yourself as a team. To yeah. See hey, what is actually resources doing? And yeah. serious, we we come into organizations where we have machines running that that have in their name prod, so we assume it's a production server. It's running for maybe years, and nobody has an idea who owns it. Yeah, and then you see a little bit of traffic going to it, so it probably is being used somewhere, but it is spending money. And is yeah. it useful yeah. money? Is it effective money? I, I, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to have that ownership over your resources. I think that's that's a, that's a start almost, and then give that almost near real-time visibility of your cost. Yeah. You spin up a machine and you cannot see within a couple of hours what the effect is. I cannot extrapolate it eh, with the forecasting. Yeah, then you're running blind. Yeah, it's true. like driving a car, pressing uh, the pedal, and uh, hope to go somewhere. Yeah, 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 it might be the case, but it might also be the rake, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you need to be careful about that. It's, it's, and of course, the the it's, it's always four hours behind there. Eh? So the the Azure Calls APIs are a little bit slow, which is okay. It doesn't need to be real, real time. 
But yeah, it, it is important to know what prices are doing and how your resources are reacting to them. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And, a, and a good example is is um, regional prices. We see now that that certain regions in the world are, are more expensive than others. The other ones. So why would you host everything? In a certain region, now mostly it's because it, it's it's closer to you. Hey, you have the latency, or you have the, uh, the, the 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 geographical thing that it's for the uh, the right set of compliance. That's an important one. But on the other hand, you want to make sure that you for some environments you take the cheapest one. So some regions are more efficient there. I think that also is part of tooling to help you out. What is the most efficient region to run your development environment in? Or your spot instances or etc true true there's a lot you can do as a developer to help you out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and they, you can still yeah take the pain of latency because yeah the latency yeah for development environment it's relative fine. Right? yeah it's, it's, yeah it's also relative i mean we're talking about seconds or milliseconds so yeah so that that's one thing and i think the other one that is becoming more and more interested and that's what we also see with with customers that are hesitant to move or are having trouble getting their developers up to speed eh? because developers don't really care too much, which is a shame because writing more efficient code, yeah, that that is also an art eh? to make the right exactly. to, to use the right resources, the right yeah, the, the right settings. Uh, on the other hand, yeah, it's not their money. It's uh, they don't see the impact, which is annoying. Okay, we can show that to them, but they say, yeah, okay, then we, we shave shave off a couple of dollars every month or yeah. get it down a little bit uh, at, at some point but what really helps is also to see the impact certain things have on the on the environment like the co emissions you have and that goes a little bit hand in hand the green ops uh, the, the the more environmental friendly side of, of the whole cloud computing goes hand in hand with the whole finops side so that yeah. sometimes help developers to show hey if you do this right you also have an in better impact on the environment yeah, yeah, and of course, it's all very small, eh? but if you all do it, and eh, that helps, it does help. That yeah, helps yeah, yeah. on global scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those the data centers, yeah, they are a big uh, hurdle of the environment. Yeah. If you use data centers in uh, in Sweden, yeah, they have greener energy, and if you go to France, yeah, there is nuclear energy. It's also I'm not saying cheaper, but yeah. in a different way, better than the coal industry. True. Yeah. True. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just a process, right? I mean, we are, we are human beings. It's a, it's a process. Uh, well, of course, yeah. Yeah, developers want to yeah uh, yeah develop great solutions. Uh, yeah. And well, yeah. So well, they are certainly able now uh, with yeah all those Azure cloud technologies. So yeah, well, this is just one of the next steps that they need to take, right? And it's a process. It's a mindset. It it will happen. We're, we're expecting a lot of developers. So that's uh, something we are more and more also aware of. Eh? We want them to be uh, full stack, uh, T shaped. <clears throat> want them to be agile. Uh, work in Scrum teams. Uh, we want them to be cloud architects. Do things on the cloud. Uh, and now we also want them to do the DevOps thing plus FinOps thing, yeah. which is, yeah, we're adding more and more to it. So it, it's a complicated ask, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, and so we shouldn't push it too much, but we should show there is a lot of opportunity, a lot of tooling to help them actually get there. Yeah. And it starts with, with visibility. It starts with, with insights, with allocation, have some sort of sense about the numbers and see, okay, this is what I'm really spending in the cloud. Does it make sense? And I think a lot of people say, hey, that's strange. Why, why do I spend that much on, on a database? 
it's not that much data in there. I spent yeah. uh, hundreds of euros on a database. Why? Yeah. And maybe they think, ah, I need to switch to a different plan, and then it might be a lot cheaper. Exactly. Like easier to accommodate it. Yeah. But I think these kind of discussions help, and you won't get it from a central organization. That they won't know. That's, that's the email sending out oh. to the whole organization. Help me because the cost needs to go down. No, that won't work. There's no, no ownership of it. You need oh. to bring that ownership down to the individual teams. And they need to have some sort of champions that actually want to run with this and are more aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's uh, this is a good um, uh, yeah place to to end. Uh, yeah, with uh, with uh, with the podcast uh, indeed. It is about the, the awareness and the, and the cost ownership. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's vital. Uh, so yeah. yeah, we can just uh, say yeah to all developers. Uh, oh yeah. Try to be aware of of the cost. Try to be aware of the, of the resource type that uh, that you're using, and uh, that yeah. make your solutions, uh, yeah, not just cool, uh, but also uh, cost uh, cost effective. And, and mostly also more effective because you use exactly. better tooling, the right tooling, and that has an effect into the cost. And you have a better discussion with your business. I think that also really helps. They, they want everything for cheap. Now that's something that is not uh, not possible. Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, money that you don't spend on resources that are not necessarily uh, required yeah. should be used for innovation. Yeah, so I think there's a nice bridge between FinOps DevOps. If you do FinOps nicely on the cloud, you you you're, you basically save money that you can do on innovation on DevOps. Exactly. Yeah. So it can accelerate each other. If you do DevOps right, you do FinOps right because you have better control over your financial capabilities. Yeah. So there is a nice bridge there as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, I think we need to wrap up uh, here, Michiel. Uh, well, yeah, great conversation. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hope that uh, our audience, uh, uh, that we have a huge audience listening to it and also taking the benefits uh, out of uh, this uh, this session, uh, because yeah, there's a lot of uh, good stuff uh, in it. Uh, 